Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kid, I have terrible news. Oh no. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's well, bad. What? Mr. Poppins is dying. I'm sorry, who? Oh, you see, I should back up. Uh, you see, I bought uh, uh, two plants to create <laughs> uh, beautiful berries in the winter. Like, it's one of those shrubs and then it has berries and in the winter they stay there all winter in the snow with the red berries and those look very pretty. Uh, the one with the berries is named, uh, is, this, this is its name, uh, Berry Poppins. <laughs> so Berry Poppins looks great. Uh-huh. Berry Poppins came. Berry Poppins is awesome. Planted Berry Poppins in the front yard. Berry Poppins couldn't be happier. Okay. She's just... Leaves everywhere. Uh huh. But see, Barry Poppins can't make berries unless there's a boy. Uh huh. Which is where Mr. Poppins comes in. I see. But Mr. Poppins does not care for my front yard. <laughs> so I have buried him not far from Barry Poppins. His friend is very, it's right next to him. His friend is right next to him. And, uh, and he's, he's very unhappy right now. Maybe so. he's not interested. He clearly, I mean, I don't know how not interested you have to be that you would die rather than. <laughs> do your job but yeah wow you're saying so his job is to procreate look i would not have bought him Yikes. for any other reason i'm just gonna be honest with you and i'm maybe that's why he's depressed maybe he knows he's got one job this, one job this might be the first time i've ever heard that males exist to procreate well they do of, in the plant world instead of females no 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 no, no. her job is to make berries his <laughs> job is to also make her berries that's all i'm saying okay and uh besides weird allusions to mary poppins that have nothing to do with the book uh what was the name of this podcast here? i i don't know it's called fizzy and kate kate oh yeah is what it? do we do on the yes it is and what do we do on this podcast we discuss berries yes we do delicious no they're not delicious please do not eat them i don't i can't say that poisonous? they're poisonous i don't think they're poisonous but we're gonna find out okay so yay no 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 we read picture books potentially classic picture books that are about berries occasionally now last time we did a book we did a really old book right it It was was awful it was awful it was the worst book we've ever done Came out in 1940 yeah a long time ago Eh. i can't imagine we do a book that old a second week in a row oh boy because you understand uh this this podcast will be airing on a monday but what's happening on the sunday before that monday uh, Easter. That's right. And we have never done the one book that comes out nationwide every Easter in libraries across the country. You don't know it. Nope. I barely know it. <laughs> Everybody loves it. It's from 1939. Let me pull it out now. Okay. The Country Bunny and the Little Gold Shoes. The Country Bunny and the Little Gold Shoes. Yay! It's an Easter book. Why do you keep giving me red books? Look, this, I don't, because apparently my library would bind them with this. This is like a library binding. Though it also has, like, the picture kind of in the front. I also was looking at the pub date because I wanted to make sure I got the pub date right. 
and uh, in doing so discovered this is not a first edition, but it is not that far off uh, from 1939. So, yay! Go read that book! Okay. While Kate does her read, let's learn a little bit about this DeBose Hayward, whose name may or may not sound familiar to you. If it is ringing a slight bell, this may be because you're aware that he is actually an adult author. Yes, an adult author slumming it in the children's world. And uh, the book that he's probably best known for uh, is Porgy, which was the basis of the classic Gershwin opera Porgy and Bess. So this story actually comes to him from his mother, who would tell him the story when he was a kid and that he in turn taught to his own daughter. And then he decided to put it into a book. I have to say, it has tons of fans. There was a Washington Post article called A Brown Feminist Easter Bunny's Inspiring Triumph by Petula Dvorak, which I will link to in the show notes. And it has many, many, many fans, including Carolyn Kennedy, who calls the heroine of Country Bunny my all-time favorite character. I see her now as a woman who re-enters the workforce after raising a family. And then uh, author Francis Atani also said that the country bunny goes on a quest to prove that she, as much as the male bunnies, can be the wisest, swiftest, and kindest. Hoppity, 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 hoppity. Yes, this is a very long book. We should hop to it. Oh, I see what you, I see what you did there. To go into this this, this war and peace like epic novel, this tale, if you oh, will. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay. okay. Anyway, yeah. Let's uh, let's get into this All right. Easter book. It is definitely an Easter book, there as is... I'm looking about, what are those, eight bunnies on that page? Yes. It is the story of not just the Easter bunny, but apparently there's five Easter bunnies. I mean, that just makes sense. How else are you going to get to hit the entire world? Christian world. Yeah. Yes. They keep on emphasizing the world. Mm, so The Christian world, yes. So the book explains that there are these five Easter bunnies that uh, between Easter Eve and the dawn of Eastern morning, they, quote, do more work than most rabbits do in a whole year. <laughs> Take that, rabbits. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's uh, not the kind of work we're all thinking of. Uh, yeah, it's that's spring a different book. after all. Yeah, that's a... <laughs> Though there's these illustration of the five bunnies, and four of them look terrifying, and one of them looks like he is enjoying his job <laughs> so much. <laughs> they all look different, though. They don't look like carbon-copied bunnies. They're all very different. They're, they're very unique bunnies, yeah. yes. One day... Uh, this little girl bunny decides that she wants to grow up and be one of these five bunnies. Uh, she she wants to grow up and be an Easter bunny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are telling her, well... She's so cute. She's very cute. Her name is Cottontail. Aww. And she... Oh, she must be Peter Rabbit's sister. <laughs> <laughs> and, one uh, of them was Cottontail. These jackrabbits tell her to go back to the country and eat a carrot. Wow, jackass rabbits. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so that's pretty much the equivalent of go back to the kitchen and make me a sandwich. Seriously. <laughs> also, are they wearing lumberjack shirts? They're, they're... They are jacked. Oh, they are jacked. They're yeah. totally jacked. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it says, uh, much to her surprise, <laughs> one day... There were 21 cottontail babies. <laughs> okay, someone failed in the whole bir- birds and bees talk to the nope. country bunny here. Just 
one day. Can you imagine out of the blue? I would. You know, some kid read this book and was terrified that would happen to them someday. They just wake up and there's 20 babies in your home. It's like, how? Oh! 21. 21. She has to feed the mouths of 22, including her own. She doesn't even have a job. Ugh. Yeah. And, uh. It's a lot of bunnies. I wonder, I bet if you count that there's 21 on that page. I did count. Are there 21? There are. Well done, Marjorie Flack. Oh, okay. I, I made sure. I looked at all the little yeah, details yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh. The jackrabbits, they, when they found out that she had 21 babies, uh, they laugh at her and they said, what do we tell you? Only a country rabbit would go and have all these babies. Whoa! Now go and take care of them and leave the Easter eggs to great big men bunnies like us. Whoa! Did they literally just say you brought this on yourself? This oh my god infuriated me so my comment in the beginning of this episode about females like being assigned the role of procreators yeah seriously is only reinforced with comments like this it's in the text it's it's, it's not subtext it's literally it, in the text it is black and white people. it is right well, there on the page these pages are a little these are kind yellowish, of faded but... <laughs> and yeah they're really this is a really old book folks. so one day when her children are not uh babies but they're now little girl and boy bunnies she says to them now we're gonna have some fun and i'm like oh she's gonna cook up some scheme now where <laughs> she's gonna like take over the easter bunny role with like her 21 babies i don't know i'm a parent i know that when you say let's have some fun it's never fun so it's not Betsy. oh she's a true parent she's a true parent she's a true mom she's talking about chores <laughs> good Betsy. for her she teaches uh, i'm self-sufficient two of them to sweep two of them to make beds two of them to cook Two of them to wash dishes, two of them to uh, do the laundry, two of them to do the sewing and mending, two of them to sing, two of them to dance, two of them to dig in the garden, two of them to paint, which leaves uh, one of them. But <laughs> okay, I yeah. will say that this is definitely um, out of date because it says that uh, the, the ones that were taught to dance uh, do so, so to make everyone gay and happy. And I'm like, oh, it's not you... a term that's used as often. Not as much. Yeah, yeah, it definitely dates the book a little bit, but you know, it's fine. It's not offensive, at least. Where <laughs> bar bar is pretty low here, so, right? But yeah. then the the lone because she has 21. So this lone bunny, his role is to because he's the most polite. Uh, his role is to pull out her chair at the dinner table. <laughs> I see. I thought it was upholstery. Because he was working on a chair or something nope, there. Nope, it's yeah. just to pull out a chair, Betsy. Really? Well, maybe he's a young... Well, I guess they're all the same they're age. They're all the same age. Dang it. <laughs> maybe he was born last? I don't know. <laughs> but what I find interesting is that there is no mention of a father. Oh, no. No, she, she's a single mom. She's a single mom with 21 when, babies. And when you've got 21 babies, this is what you do. It's kind of like cheaper by the dozen, except it's like cheaper by the two dozen. And uh, <laughs> it, where you have like two dozen and, make, and a baker's dozen? I I think you have to make the kids self-reliant to a certain extent or else the whole place just falls apart. Unless exactly. you can afford to purchase help. Right. Uh, you're, Which, they're going to have to do it themselves. So this just makes sense. So there's this grandfather bunny that decides who the five Easter bunnies are going to be. And this grand... So it's a patriarchal society where a male determines the... Exactly. Yeah, all right. Yep. So uh, one of the Easter bunnies has grown too slow. And so they're going to uh, have this ceremony put him, to put replace... Him down. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Wait, no? No. I thought that's where you're going. Just going to replace them. 
Um, uh-huh. but, quote, it, but this is the second time that we've seen, because when she was a little girl, she saw that, you know, one of the bunnies was too slow and they were going to get replaced and the grandfather was going to choose. So she's now an adult and the grandfather is now having to choose the new bunny. And I'm like, how old is this grandfather bunny? Does he ever get replaced by another grandfather bunny? Yeah. <laughs> grandfather bunny. So the, they, everyone, all the bunnies go to the grandfather's palace where uh, there's like this competition to determine who this new Easter bunny number five mm-hmm. is going to be. And so they're all out on his lawn, and I'm looking at the illustrations of all these bunnies, and I swear, there is a man hiding among the bunnies. Wait, he's, what? He's like an Easter bunny spy. So you found an Easter egg in the book? I <laughs> I mean, maybe those are ears, but... To, is it the one with the hat? Yes. Yeah. I think that he is a man dressed as a bunny okay. to sabotage the whole Easter bunny we'll, scheme. We'll put him in the Instagram, folks. You can determine for yourself if, if this is a man a bunny dressed a... as a bunny. <laughs> Just a to what end, I wonder. <laughs> so, right. So the uh, grandfather bunny is seeing all these, uh, you know, rabbits run really fast. And he's like, yeah, okay. Well, they're fast but you know are they nice are they clever are you know and he looks around and he sees our girl cottontail with her 21 babies (laughs) in a row like a freaking army (laughs) and he's like you there (laughs) haven't seen that one before he's like uh you do have a large family (laughs) i i'm assuming they take up a lot of your time and she said well when they were babies they did but i've trained them so now they do the work for me and he's like ah you must be very wise to train your kids i mean yes that they actually do what she's saying yes and uh, and he says you know do they ever cry or swear and she's like nope they're pretty happy and he's like ah you must be very kind to have a happy home and uh you know it's too bad you know if you were fast then i would make you my fifth and she whispers into all 21 baby's ears and uh and they all scatter and run and in a matter of seconds she gets all of her kids <laughs> back in a line because that's what mothers do oh my gosh that is so what mothers do wow <laughs> i'm guessing i don't know this was written by a dude by the way i'm just very impressed so he's like wow you're swift yeah <laughs> but you know you probably have to stay at home and take care of all these babies and she's like oh no i've trained them They'll take better care of the house than I will. And I'm just thinking, did she train her kids just so she could leave them to become an Easter bunny? She's playing the long game. That's the point that she's proving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's been, like, you get the feeling, like, the minute they were born, she was like, okay, new plan. Game plan. (laughs) Game plan. Let's go. Woo! Yeah. So, uh... And then she explains, like, these two sweep, these two cook, these two tend the garden. And he's like... Okay, you know what? You're my fifth Easter bunny. And so the next day... And the book's over. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, you did. You're like... Boop, nope, boop, boop, there's oh, about, that's like half a book left. 40 more pages left. Oh my Betsy. lord. It's a very big book. <laughs> it's because it was written a long time ago when books were long. <laughs> so she, the next evening, she goes to the palace and gets ready to be uh, the fifth Easter bunny. And she's in this palace and there's just piles and piles of eggs everywhere. There's, awesome. there's like gold and silver eggs. There's marshmallow eggs. And then it says there's eggs for rich children and eggs for poor children. 
and I'm, well, that's honest. <laughs> and I'm wondering, what's the difference between the eggs for rich children and the eggs for poor children? I hope that the poor kids get money and the rich kids get something like a plunger. Because <laughs> I just had that Eddie Izzard line of like, a plumber? What on earth is that? <laughs> yeah, I love that line. So, uh, so she's getting the rundown of what needs to be done. And then all of a sudden, boom, they, they have to go and deliver all these eggs. And then here's the second line that dates this book. Oh, okay. It says, uh, in a moment, uh, you know, one of the jackrabbits would come back, and and before you can say Jack Robinson, he would have whisked away again. (laughs) And I'm like, who is Jack Robinson? Um, It's not a person. No. It's a phrase. Yeah. It means quickness. Wow. But it definitely dates this book. A little bit, but it's kind of cool. Because I'm thinking, like, what does Jackie Robinson in baseball have I know. (laughs) (laughs) I was very confused, Um, but apparently it's a phrase. So there you go. So Cottontail's getting pretty tired. She's not used to doing all this running around for like hours on Mm. end. And then the grandfather uh, bunny has this beautiful, ornate egg. It's the loveliest egg. It glitters like a diamond. And he says, peek through and uh, take a look at what's inside the egg because it's got a little hole. Mm-hmm. And it, this book keeps on doing that thing you hate. Where oh, it's, really? Um, the sentence? Yeah. So so she peeked. <sighs> older books. Flipped the page. Uh, through the little hole. Uh, yeah. See, it's always older titles that do this. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's a beautiful, um, you know, it's scene inside of the egg. And he explains that this egg is for a little boy who's been sick for an entire year, but he's never cried or complained and i'm like wait a minute grandfather bunny is santa and the all these five easter bunnies are his elves <laughs> we just switched holidays i was just wondering why we don't have five little santas that always go all over the the country no, like, he, that makes the, sense the elves yeah <laughs> this is just trading one holiday for another how else would he know that there's a sick kid that lives on a mountaintop that deserves this great treat right mm-hmm. anyway i mean you can make the case that santa and the easter bunny are the same guy sure i'd, I'd go with that right yeah. yeah so cottontail she takes this egg and she has to climb over all these mountains covered in snow and ice Finally, she sees at the very, very top of this last mountain uh, where the little boy lives. And on her way up, she (gasps) slips and she falls and she tumbles down the snowdrift. And I'm like, wait a minute. Rabbits don't hibernate and they can suffer from hypothermia and frostbite. So maybe she, quote unquote, slipped. Wink, wink. (laughs) What? Oh, you think they just killed off the main character. No, no, she's not dead. She just doesn't want to be, like, in snow because she's not made to be in snow and ice. I don't know. I've got a stupid bunny that lives in my front yard, and he sits in the snow and just is convinced he's invisible. So (laughs) I don't think they minded that much. Well, she she slips and falls all the way down to be in a warmer climate. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... And she's she's in she hurts her paw though, Aww. and she's in pain. And the sun is starting to come up, and she you know she tries getting up, but gosh, her foot really hurts. But she knows that this little boy is gonna wake up soon. And then she gets a little tap tap on her shoulder. She looks over. There's the grandfather bunny. Huh. And what is he holding? The smallest pair of shoes that she's never ever seen. <laughs> and apparently because she is the bravest of all the bunnies to try and get up these mountains to deliver this egg, he gives her the golden shoes. 
Now, I'm, I'm looking, looking at, at her feet here. Yeah. Okay, she's a size 11, Easy. getting a size Easy. six and a half. Nope. And, uh... <laughs> nope. As someone who can never find shoes in the shoe store for women, nope. Well, he Not bends down and puts them on her feet, and they magically fit, Betsy. Oh, okay, they're magic shoes. Okay, that's I, fine. They're magic I'm shoes. I'm fine with magic shoes. Yep. And she's thinking to herself... Why didn't you give me these shoes earlier, old man? <laughs> exactly. Because these shoes allow her to jump so far and That's so awesome. high in one leap, she's halfway up the mountain. She does one more so leap. So now she's a superhero, oh, essentially. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. With her fabulous shoes. She Im- she immediately gets all the way up the hill. In the nick of time, she puts the egg in the little boy's hand. Now this uh, is... Of course, a blonde-haired white boy, because... Well, sure. This is 1939, exactly. my friend. <laughs> what else was the child going to be? Yep, so she gets uh... the egg in the little boy's hand, and uh, and then she is done with her work day. She gets a little basket of eggs that she gets to bring home to all of her babies, and she finds that... Rabbits love eggs. The garden has been tended, the dishes have been put away, the clothes have been washed and mended... Nothing happened to her chair because she wasn't there to have it pulled out. <laughs> He's just there standing her behind one it. Son got away scot-free. He got a night off. Oh, my God. He, he had really one did. job and he didn't Unless have to do it. Unless all his siblings were like, now do my chair. Now do my chair. Now do my chair. Now do my chair. <laughs> and uh, and she gets home and she hangs up her shoes. And that's the end of the story. The end. And those aren't high heels either. Those are like little sneakers. Yeah. They're... She had little golden sneakers. Yes. That's amazing. Yep. All right. Uh, just first impressions, I have to say that I am amazed that this has never been turned into a movie. I mean, they turn absolutely freaking everything into a movie these days, and they didn't turn this. I The only reason I can assume they haven't is because it's Easter, which is a religious holiday, and it gets very tricky trying to make movies out of religious uh, holidays. But they do it with freaking Santa all the time, so how hard could it be? Santa um, is the Easter bunny. Well, well there you go. <laughs> Um, the illustrator is Marjorie Flack, who we did see once before on this podcast with the story of Ping. Remember the story of Ping with the little duck that got spanked every time he was late going on to the thing? Yeah. Sort of. It was done in, in like hardly any colors at all. It was yellow and maybe oh, blue. Oh, wasn't it racist? And it was racist. Yeah. yeah. That's I what I remember. yellow and you were like, <laughs> yep. oh, wait, did I recall that one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was racist as well. Uh, this book seems to have many colors, which is kind of baffling to me because I know how hard it is for them to do multiple colors, which is why we get the limited color palette of things like Make Way for Ducklings and, you know, all these older titles from this time. They were strong and good even. It had a very limited color palette. This has a wide color palette. I can't figure out how they got away with that, quite frankly. The p- different colored plates they had to use. If anyone knows any background information on how this book got made, uh, give us an email at fuse8kate at gmail.com because I am baffled by this book. Ratings time! Okay, so I think this is a cute Easter story. I get, I get why folks pull it out every year, you know, around this time. I like the mother's tenacity. I like her training her kids, that she's a strong single mom, and that she's showing those other rabbits that she can do it just as well, if not better. Um, It's definitely dated. I don't really care for the art. So as an Easter book, I'd give it a six. But as a classic to read any other time of the year, I gave it a four. So it's an average of a five down the middle. Whereas I'm just absolutely just in love with this book. I love the art. As I say, I am baffled by how they managed to do all these colors. And 
I love her style. It's like she took Beatrix Potter and then she just like cranked it up to 11. I like the story very much. I think it has aged beautifully from that time period. Um, Every older children's book has some sort of dated element. Usually racism, sometimes sexism. This is actually anti-sexist, which is incredibly rare. It does sort of remind us that, I think it's easy for us to forget that with older picture books, we often think, like, we see they were strong and brave, and we're like, well, they were all like that back then. And no, there were, this came out a year before that book, and it has great messages in it. Um, So these things do exist. I'm an eight. I love this book. I really like it. Okay, I guess it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic! <laughs> Woo! Letters time. Woo. Okay, we've got two letters today for two different books. Uh, since we just did They Were Strong and Good, we will do this letter from Center for Children's Book Arts, uh, and they write, Ugh. <laughs> this is a poignant example for me. I enjoyed this book as a child, and now I am horrified especially by the text's insistence that these are the true Americans who were brave and strong and deserve Uh praise for, quote-unquote, building our country. Uh I haven't listened to the podcast yet, but I think this provides a lot of food for thought. How to approach controversial lit like this? I usually encourage my students to avoid censorship and instead pursue conversation about the issues. This, however, is so blatantly problematic, especially with the awards, systematic racism at its finest, that it may supersede that principle. Yep. And we said we think it's a good... If you're going to teach this book, it's it needs to be taught why it's not strong and good, but bad and awful. That's exactly right. <laughs> that is what we responded. Another one comes from Laura. Uh, she was writing about seven blind mice, and she wrote... Kate said she'd heard this story in a TED Talk, but I posit that she heard it during Derek Delgadio's In and of Itself. Yes, thank you. Not sure I spelled his name right, in which he wonders if the creature really was magical and should have resisted being reduced to merely an elephant. I'm not describing it super well here, but it was a really impactful moment for me during that special. Thanks for the great podcast. Was she right? Yeah, it, wow. it's it's so good if you haven't seen it yet go check it out i think i've had that be my grown-up things i like one time because it's it's incredible so yeah all right she's well, right i'm boy, wrong good she, job laura <laughs> yeah good job laura you figured that one out grown-up things we like okay so i'm obsessed i have a new obsession and i haven't talked about a board game in a while so no you have not uh wingspan It is a competitive card-driven board game where you are a bird enthusiast and you are seeking to discover and attract the best birds to your network of wildlife preserves. Um, You gain food, you lay lay eggs, and you draw cards that feature hundreds of unique bird cards. So it's for one to five players, um, ages 10 and up, and it probably takes longer to to play the actual physical board game than the app. I highly recommend playing the app for uh, Wingspan because it includes A, the sounds that the birds make, which is cool. I think that's Uh, very cool. B, it provides interesting facts about the birds, which is also cool. And C, it actually plays music that I don't hate. Most, like, game apps play horrible music. Yeah, I never listen to the Catan one ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is good music. Um, I also highly recommend the app because there are so many rules it will take you like a good 30 minutes to learn the rules. However, once you do, 
you'll love the game. And the tutorial in the app is super helpful for you to understand how to play the game. So it's it's got beautiful art, it's fun to play, and I also like it because you really don't know who's going to win until the very, very end. So I highly recommend Wingspan. I, uh, I downloaded the app on your recommendation. I should say it's not free. <laughs> it costs like 11 bucks or something like that. But uh, but it's I love bird songs, and it's really cool for that. And I think there's even an option where you can play the bird songs while you play the board game from the app. It's like So if you missed that song, if you missed those birds, you can do it that way. So that's super cool. Our mother is now hooked on the game. The penguinologist is hooked on the game. Oh, yeah, it's I'm addicting. I'm a quarter of the way through the tutorial, and uh, <laughs> it's a little slow going for me, but I will. You'll get I will, there, I, I promise. I will get there. I will get there. Well, excellent, excellent choice, excellent choice. Uh, my grown-up things I like, uh, has a time limit and the time limit is April 21st. So if you're listening to this after April 21st, 2022, you're off the hook. Um, but you see, I have another podcast, uh, that I occasionally do called Story Seeds and it's been nominated for a Webby Award, um, which is very cool, except it's, it's at number two. We need more votes. So folks, please, please vote for it. Please, please. I will include a link in the show notes. And if, if you could just go over there and vote for Story Seeds to win, uh, it's the episode in particular that was nominated was Catherine Applegate, who was paired with a girl uh, with childhood cancer, and they made a story together, and it was awesome, and it totally deserves the vote. So please don't do it for me. Do it for Catherine Applegate, please. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I, I know that this is airing after Easter, but I'm all set for Easter now. You know why? Why? Because in Lent's over, baby. <laughs> wine, 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 wine. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. The, the voice of a true mother, right? Yeah, think. exactly. Oh, right. I have kids, too, and they love finding eggs. And that's so oh, I thought you were going to say, and they love wine, too. <laughs> they love wine. Wine, wine, wine. But they love two wine. Does that count? I think that totally counts, yes. But until I can guzzle down Chardonnay, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse Eight and Kate is a Fuse Number Eight production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at fuse eight Kate. That's fuse number eight Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our own country bunny is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.